We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, CMOS girlies. Emma and Kate are back in New York City. Your favorite pod is back. Um, we were just talking. I actually fucked up when we first recorded this, but I was like, damn, yeah, the last time I, you know, logged on here, I was in Paris, which feels like it was five years ago. Um, Emma, how is your Monday evening treating you over there? My Monday evening is treating me well. Yeah, it does feel like we haven't potted in forever. I'm feeling a little rusty. I was like, how do I turn on the mic? But yeah. hopefully it all comes back to me in just a matter of seconds. I'm great. I was telling Kate that I just had a dessert potato for the yeah. OG CMOS girlies. You all know what that is. Uh, yeah. I don't, I feel like they kind of fell off, but primarily just because I have not been in the mood to wait around for a potato to bake in the oven. I still do not have a microwave in my apartment. And I do not plan on getting one at this point, um, but I had a classic Japanese far. sweet potato and I was inspired by Roundup, which is a woman-owned nut butter brand. They just launched a new flavor for Valentine's Day. So we got sent it. It was like chocolate, raspberry, almond butter. And then they also sent us one of their classic flavors, which is, I think, like almond cinnamon. Both are effing delicious. Uh, yeah. So I had that. I slathered my slathered that on my potato, did some dark chocolate, uh, some chia seed jam. And I would just was really brought back to like 2019 when I would come back home from my internship all day and like just what I would eat for dinner was a dessert potato because I was just like so exhausted by that point in the day so it was really a nostalgic moment for me love that for you yeah I love you know remembering that certain food combinations exist I think I mentioned when I was home in Minnesota I remember that laughing cow cheese exists and I did not know that Whole Foods carries it so I have been eating that a lot um Another food moment I am going to do tomorrow after, yes, the nut butters are really good. But after hearing you blab about them, I'm like, yes, I have to do something with them. I'm going to make like a cottage cheese sourdough toast with the nut butter. Maybe make a chia seed jam too. I don't know. Um, I love getting some new food moments because I have just been eating the most random things. Just with marathon training, I know that I have to eat like in a surplus, eat a lot. And so some of the meals I'm making are just 
cottage cheese slot bowls, we, we shall say. Um, so I'm going to make something more visually appealing tomorrow, which gets into my next point for the CMOS girlies that live in either Arizona or California. Give me your recommendations for health stores. I will be going to Flagstaff, Arizona at the end of this month. Um, I don't really know how much time I'm going to have to like explore and look at health stores, but would love any sort of grocery store, coffee shop, wellness, essential establishment if you live in the Flagstaff area. And then my second point is if you live near the Big Sur area in California, if you have any little health and wellness moments, I should hit up. Um, I don't know if I'm flying into LAX or San Francisco, so TBD on that. But I love to see, you know, what the CMOS girlies, I always love the recommendations. And also too, if you're a CMOS girlie that is visiting New York, you always can DM us and Emma and I can send you like total list of like places to go. I've just gotten a few of those on my personal account. I think people visiting for like spring break, like college visits or like summer, maybe I have no idea why people are visiting New York, but yeah, always DM us. We will send you all the wellness God places in New York if you so desire. Oh, yes. That is so fun. I think that's like one of the, my favorite things about visiting different cities and places, just like exploring the health food scene. I remember when I was in Chicago, like a few years ago, I was just like randomly walking around and like stumbling upon a bunch of health stores. And it's just like fun to see, you know, exclusive flavors or different brands that maybe are only available in that particular region. Um, getting into my next point, I do have actually a restaurant recommendation for any sea Australians that are either live here or are potentially visiting over the weekend. My boyfriend and I went to this restaurant called Lingo. It's in Greenpoint right off of Transmitter Park. So it's like a really great date night spot, especially I would say for, you know, the spring and summertime when it gets a little bit warmer out, you can have dinner and then go over to the park and like look at the skyline. But it's Japanese American food and just like service, ambiance, music, drinks were all so incredible. Food was delicious. I got a beef pot pie with bone marrow and had like the literal bones sticking out in my pot pie, which felt very CMOS release. Uh, really good milk bread, great cauliflower dish so if you're looking for a new restaurant definitely check it out i'm not very good at you know venturing out and trying new places just because dining out isn't really something that interests me all that much i just like have other things that i like to do with my life or that i find fulfilling for entertainment uh but that was like one of the better meals that i've had in a while and i was like oh i kind of understand why people dine out like fairly frequently yeah no you forget that there's like sauces and different ways to prepare vegetables and different styles of eating because I had a little bit of like a restaurant vendor this weekend. I went from low to high. I went from Raisin Cane's to um, two really good restaurants in Brooklyn. I went to Ursula for brunch and then I went to Bernie or yeah, did I go to Bernie's? No, I went to Bonnie's. There's two different places in the very similar location in Brooklyn. I went to Bonnie's, which is a Chinese American restaurant. I Maybe American, maybe not, but like Chinese fusion um, and really good food. And that gets to one of my points, which like Life gets so much better when you are not orthorexic. Um, and I mean this with love and I mean this with light, but I think a lot of CMOS girlies are probably in that camp. And I know that I was for a very long time of feeling like I had to get, let's say like 10 random foods that I put in my head that I had to eat every single day. I had to eat at certain times in the day. I had to be perfect with my steps and this and that. And you don't leave any space for you to live your life. Like I do not remember the days when I was eating the perfect way and when I got all of my like different, you know, health and wellness foods in my body. Um, I only am going to remember like these moments that were kind of the uncertain things or like the fun memories or like the new restaurants you tried, like Emma said, um, just because I have noticed, I think I've had the kind of, oh shit, this is like a real stress impacts on the body. You know how you hear people say like, if you're stressed out, it's going to like um, really like mess up your body and like your, your fitness, your athletic performance is going to decline. Like your sleep is going to 
gonna decline like your acne on your face is gonna like pop up I've really noticed that once I've started to manage my stress like after my dad has passed I've felt so much better running wise which I've like posted a lot on social media um but just everything is like starting to feel better for me which I'm like super excited about but I just really realized that like holy shit stress is something that can like sweep out everything else even if you're doing everything right like I was saying like you're eating all the right things you're going to bed if you're stressed out and you're just letting that linger like it's going to catch up to you so take care of your stress um you know life gets better after orthorexia as I said and I just think life is too short to like live in those really rigid rules that we create for ourselves I completely agree well said and that doesn't really get into today's topic but kind of does it's all about uh, living long, uh, longevity. We've gotten a lot of questions about this just from random people. So we decided to do another long format episode. And I think this is an important topic to talk about. Of course, we're all like probably Gen Z younger and don't really want to think about longevity or, you know, just like getting older just because that does kind of involve like death and just like thinking about ourselves like, you know, when we are 80. But I do think that you should kind of celebrate getting older. Like for me, like I'm looking forward to aging. It's something that doesn't really scare me. And I'm definitely looking forward to embracing it and getting into Kate's point about like stress. Like I think if you do stress over, you know, aging and longevity and like trying to like optimize yourself for, you know, your later years in life, that can definitely manifest in different ways. Uh, so hopefully this kind of clarifies some things of like how genetics play a role in longevity, you know, what lifestyle factors you can do to help improve your longevity, especially if you do have like a family history of like people maybe dying like earlier in life than later um, and kind of getting into like the BMI and like other, uh, you know, indicators of health beyond beyond size and genetics. Yeah, it'll be a good topic for the girlies. I feel like a lot in this episode will, well, hopefully if you take it the right way, it'll be like refreshing that you have a lot of control and autonomy over like what happens to you. Like you're not predetermined to be in a certain health outcome, even if your parents or grandparents have had something. So um, I think this is an optimistic episode. I hope it is, but I will call Emma back and then we will get into this week's pod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking athletic greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking athletic greens. It tastes so good. 
that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, CMOS girlies. We are so excited to announce today's podcast sponsor, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Are you tired of cooking the same slop? Well, spice it up with the premier variety offered by Green Chef. You can embark on a delicious culinary adventure this year with Green Chef's diverse menu with 80 plus options. Green Chef even has tons of lifestyle preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, you name it. Supporting your gut health can be challenging, but Green Chef makes it really easy and fun because their meals are nutrient-dense, science-backed, gut and brain health recipes, which are all developed in partnership with registered dietitians that can help improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. If you girlies are looking to stock up your pantry on different functional snacks and clean beverages, you know, the ones that support your gut and brain health this January, lucky for you, Green Chef has different green bundles, which are a curated selection of unique hand-picked goods that support your overall wellness goals. Emma and I love using Green Chef to learn how to cook new dishes, to spice up our pantry with new goodies and snacks, and have much less worry about grocery shopping. So if you're interested in trying out Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash 60CMOS and use code 60CMOS to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Now back to the show. Okay, CMOS girlies, let's talk about longevity. Now we've done a few podcasts that kind of touch on longevity. Like we did an episode about the blue zones that you could listen to. We did a few on mobility and just like, you know, we talk about all this stuff all the time, how important sleep is, how important diet is. But this episode is kind of about like, what can you control as a young person? Because I think as I've like talked to older people in my life or, you know, seen my parents age, you hit a point when you're older in life. And I think you kind of get this, oh shit, where you're like, oh shit, I have this health problem or this ailment. Like, what do I do now? And so when you take care of your health as a young person, you're obviously putting yourself in a better position as you go through life. Um, And as I said in the intro, I hope this is like an optimistic episode that like your choices like matter a lot. Um, Random things can definitely come up, random illnesses, diseases and stuff that are not related to you because we live in society, et cetera. But I would take this episode of like, oh shit, I can like do a lot. I feel empowered to take care of my health. Um, so when it comes to genetics, which will be like a base of this episode, there's this kind of question of like how much is predetermined. And I feel like most of us know this from like the nurture versus nature debate. Like how much is it determined on like your parents' genes that are going to impact your future health? Is it how you're raised? And the answer is that it's both. Um, But when it comes to like genes, like what you can control and not control in terms of your health outcomes, genes account for about 10% of human disease, but the vast majority, the other 90% of our risk of disease is determined by environment. So these are different lifestyle factors that I'll get into more, but things like nutrition, stress levels, sleep habits, and physical activity, those are going to be what determines like if you get certain diseases, if certain 
health things happen to you. But before the 1990s, it was largely spread that this idea that aging is something that is inescapable, not aging, but having like age related diseases, I should say, that those things are very inescapable and that genetics are kind of like this determined faith that you have, fate that you have in the future. But now like very few scientists would say that there's like a single gene that is entirely responsible for anything, whether that's cancer, heart disease. They're not saying it's like some gene that you were born with of like why you're predetermined to have a certain outcomes happen to you. Um, because each gene that we have doesn't doesn't just like signal one thing. The body's a complex system. Like we have this one doctor was saying that like we don't just have one switch or even half a dozen switches in our body. There might be like hundreds or thousands that all kind of interact with one another. And so another kind of like example of this is that when you look at us now, like the average age that people live to is much older than it was like hundreds of years ago, which is like proof that, you know, modern medicine and different advancements in health and wellness have improved our lifespan. So environmental factors, interventions in like our own health and technology and modern medicine getting better, they have a very strong impact on how long we live and how well we live. So it's it's good, right? Like as disease prevention and like research gets better, it's only helping people learn more about their health at an earlier age. Um, but there are certain things that yes, are predetermined. So obviously like your height, your features, certain things about you physically are going to be based on your parents. Um, but more that you should really think about and I feel like this is this makes sense when you think about society but it's really critical what happens during childhood and when we're you know let's say you were to raise a child there is so much focus on what happens to that child like I feel like the group that gets the most attention in terms of like health and well-being is like pregnant women I know there's a lot of people like um a lot of times doctors don't actually like give good quality care to pregnant women but pregnant women get a lot of policing of their body don't drink alcohol, don't do this, you have a fetus inside of you, yada, 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 right, which is, is good, but I'm saying that what happens during childhood, like, give, getting the baby out of the, the body and all of that stuff, and then the early childhood development is really important in terms of determining your future life, like, how long you're going to live, what diseases you'll develop, how your brain develops, how you physically develop, and so that's why the childhood is a, such a big emphasis. We have all of the, like, weekly you know, checkups that you go to as a kid. I just remember like as a child, I felt like I always had like a doctor, a dentist, like something that I had to go do. Um, all the vaccinations that you have to do for school, there's different like baseline exams. I know like my high school got, we had so much um, standardized testing that started in like, not even just high school. It was like middle school and like elementary school that you had to do. Um, and it's because this idea that we have now in modern medicine and health is that like what happens in childhood is going to impact like your future life. Um, now there's certain things that are very genetic that like disease can spread. And, you know, if your parents had this, you're more likely to have heart disease, cancers, genetic in some cases, but good lifestyle habits can really help with some of these diseases. Like it used to be the idea that like, if your parent had cancer, it's kind of a death sentence that you will also have cancer. And they say that good lifestyle habits can help lower cancer risk for people with and without this genetic predisposition to having certain types of cancer. So like four out of every 10 types of cancer could be prevented by different lifestyle cho choices, which I think is very optimistic. Like we used to live in a society where it was like, if your parents have something, you're going to have something, you are fucked, but that is not the case. And there's this new area of research that you might've heard about on like the Mark Hyman podcast of the world and Huberman's called epigenetics. And this is this area of research that is focusing on specifically children and how like environmental changes can change the actual genetic makeup of kids so yes it is both nurture and nature as i said in the beginning 
another example of this, um, speaking as a twin, I'm not identical twin, but still um, identical twins raised in the exact, you know, have the same DNA raised in similar environments turn out to be entirely different people. Um, so just take this as like an optimistic note that like, you are not down like one health pass health path in this life, you know, based on your parents. Um, but childhood actually probably had a huge impact on like how you are now at least. It's definitely liberating knowing that you can have so much control on your outcomes in terms of health. Um, and I think that is like something that like should motivate you. And like Kate said, just because you have like certain genetics does not mean you're going to be predisposed to like experiencing certain things down the road and kind of getting into like good indicators of health beyond body size. I think that's also kind of ties back to longevity because like just because what your current weight is now or what you currently have in terms of like blood work, you know, that can potentially impact what your life will be like when you are like 80 or 90, but there are also like other biomarkers that might be more important if you are wanting to figure out sort of some game plan for your, you know, aging process. And one thing that I think is important to talk about in terms of like health indicators is the BMI and why it's fairly flawed. Um, there's been like a lot of conversation around this. And I think most people probably do know that the BMI is, is flawed and not like a great indicator of health, but in you know the fitness and diet circles this is definitely something that is still pushed and something that most medical practitioners are still probably utilizing with all their patients uh so a reason why it is so flawed and something that you should definitely take with like a grain of salt is that the bmi does not take uh muscle cap muscle mass into account whatsoever so you know someone that does have a lot of muscle and like minimal body fat could have the same bmi as someone who may have less muscle or is obese and this is because muscle is more dense but it weighs the same as fat so as you are working out you could actually be gaining weight but a lot of that weight could be muscle and so it's more important to really look at body fat percentage but this is something that most uh, you know, medical doctors that were trained, you know, in a traditional like Western medical environment are going to utilize this. And like, that's how they're going to determine your like health outcomes or, you know, classify you as like either being like overweight, healthy or, you know, underweight. And the BMI was actually invented 200 years ago. It's a fairly antiquated tool. And one thing that people probably don't know about is that it was actually based and like the BMI averages were all based on European white men and really did not take into account what a person's body fat you know, can be, and it's like very dependent on like sex, race, and ethnicity. So obviously very, very, very problematic and flawed. And that's why we like really need to shift away from the BMI and utilize other biomarkers to really track and consider like one person's health. And weight is not the primary predictor of our health. It's really easy to assume this, like I said, because of the diet and fitness industry. There's so many individual factors that go into play in terms of one's general health and, you know, your individual behaviors, public services, living and working conditions, like Kate mentioned, just like your overall environment from, you know, the point you're a child to, you know, all the way up to your 80s and 90s, like those are all going to be impacting your health out outcomes down the road and even, even like social and economic factors, right? Like who's going to have access to like better healthcare, better doctors, you know, better nutrition, you know, even the soil and water health in your, you know, neighborhoods are going to have a way bigger impact than, you know, if you have a little bit more visceral fat or subcutaneous fat than someone else. Um, and so, yeah, like a higher weight, you know, typically speaking is correlated to a higher BMI or poor health comes that is just correlated and it's not implying causation whatsoever. And, you know, there can be plenty of health con consequences, especially for like a longevity perspective, if you are underweight, you know, whether that's 
sarcopenia and just like really, really low um, muscle mass. And like, you know, you are going to run the risk of potentially breaking a hip. And then that just like sets you up for, you know, an early death, which no one wants. So ultimately we just need to like shift our mindset away from weight and more towards true health. This is something that I've been better at go forward just because it's like, you know, if I wear a size two pant, that means like really nothing in terms of like what my like lipid levels are, what my cortisol is like, what my cholesterol could be. Um, so I think this is just like something that we should all keep in mind. And there's like a plethora of like other indicators that we can utilize when it comes to, you know, deciding whether we're healthy or not. So I think like things for CMOS release to consider is like, are you getting like restful and consistent sleep patterns, regular menstrual cycles, um, healthy and consistent bowel movements, strong and healthy skin or nails, mental health, strong, loving relationships, lower cortisol, you know, resilience to stress. And even just like overall fitness to like aerobic capacity, mobility, can you lift a certain amount of weight or like heart rate variability, variability as well. And then also levels of inflammation. And I know when like I was like super anorexic, like I thought I was like quote unquote healthy because I was like skinny and fitting into like what media deemed as like the attractive, like healthy look. But it's like honestly looking down at the list at this list, like I did not have regular menstrual cycles. My like bowel movements were inconsistent. I had like very brittle nails and like very bad skin. And like, I was like isolating myself. So like, I did not have strong loving relationships and even like my fitness levels. Like, yeah, I was swimming back in the day and like was fairly good at that, but it's like definitely cannot lift like heavy. My like, you know, endurance was kind of becoming shift just because I like was unable to recover because my body did not have enough fuel. And like that, obviously all those together, you know, led to like a very unhealthy and like sick teenager, which was me. So, you know, just things to think about in a lot of these, you know, when you talk about the blue zones and look at the blue zones in different regions where, you know, people do live longer. So many of them are kind of prioritizing this, you know, sleep and rest and just like moving throughout the day, being gentle with yourself and like having loving relationships and like, you know, living in a stress-free environment. And so that's just kind of like all to say, like, you can track your health in so many different ways. And it's like liberating when you kind of consider other things that aren't correlated or tied to weight. Um, Getting back kind of into longevity and like, what are good biomarkers? This is stuff that's been talked about kind of more and more as I think like longevity research has kind of boomed and grown in the past few years. I was actually listening to the Mind Body Green podcast today about like genes and longevity and they were talking about like how genetics plays a role in you know whether you'll be 90 or 100 etc and they found that genetics accounts for 75 percent of what gets us to 90 years old and then that genetic portion or percentage basically grows or it increases as we pass 90 so getting back into kate's piece about genetics yes it has a big part in terms of like whether you'll kind of get to a certain age later down the road but kind of more talking about like biomarkers, like these are obviously important tools for us to measure and predict our health at a future state and age. And the general consensus around like what particular biomarkers to look, are, look out for are kind of like hard to come by. And there's just like, like I said, no general consensus. And it's just because there's like so much overwhelming new ongoing research occurring in the space. But of course, like if you are a CMS girly that like wants to really like take, be proactive with their health in long term. There's so many like routine laboratory blood tests that you can take. So whether that's like lipid markers, which would measure your heart disease risk, you know, there's other blood tests that can track your blood sugar, chronic inflammation, which is like a huge one just because low levels of inflammation can prevent cognitive decline, 
high levels can be tied to chronic diseases that manifest typically later in life. There's also tests and biomarkers tied to organ function. And I'm not going to get into the specifics here because like, truthfully, I am not an expert in this space. And like, this is something in a conversation that you should be having with your doctor. And like, most of us are not at that point in our life where like, we have to really seriously be considering this. Like, I think it's more important to consider the lifestyle factors of like how you can best support yourself for, you know, the future. But I think that's like all to say, like personalized health is growing. And so biomarkers like are only going to be useful if you're actually, you know, taking them into account in terms of your own personal health and not like really looking at the averages. And with the boom of like biohacking, Brian Johnson, which I'm sure we all know about now, and also just like health tech, like many of us may feel inclined to take things into our own hands and assess, you know, assess our longevity through like different apps and different like wearables. But I think it's like really, really important to like discuss these particular things with your doctor and create a roadmap or a goal with your doctor and like how you want to age and like what you can do to start now and like building out those unique benchmarks for you specifically versus just like going on the internet and just like assuming like, oh, like if I have like X, Y, Z, then like I must be predisposed for this. Um, So it's kind of like all overwhelming, I would say, like the biomarker aspect. And, you know, luckily for us, we don't have to worry about that right now, but there will come a point where you know, you might want to take a closer consideration. Yeah. And to answer, like I said this a long time ago and I totally forgot to close the loop on it, but I did get blood work. I did get like private blood work from Rupa Health and it was a comprehensive panel. It was a urine and saliva sample. So if you don't like blood work, um, doesn't need any needles. And it not only gave me like basic, you know, B12 vitamin D levels, but it gave me a full hormone profile. And this is something that I did because, you know, I, I am a freelancer. I don't have insurance. I don't really have healthcare. I also do content. And so I was like, okay, this is something that I want to know. Um, and I've like made videos about it, whatever, but it was really interesting to see this huge profile about like what my hormones are like now, because like when I had my eating disorder, when I was 17. One of the things the doctor said to me, she was like, yeah, if you don't start taking this seriously, like your bone density is going to be awful. And I think I wanted to get this blood work at age 25 to sort of prove to myself to have data, like you did, you, you know, you gain weight, you have muscle on your body. Now you're eating healthy, you're sleeping, you're managing your stress. You were able to not be predestined to like the bad health effects of anorexia. So that just kind of like proves my point that you really can ch- make changes and like improve your health. And like Emma was saying about body size, like I am so much healthier now at a bigger weight and like weight is such, it's just crazy how it just is such a problem for not only women, but I feel like everyone in society has like body anxiety, like 24 seven. Um, but deep down, like most of us know that like, okay, size does not mean health yet. It's, there's so much pressure to be thin. Um, but Rupa health does have good blood work. I just wanted to add that. I totally forgot. Um, if the girlies are looking for some blood, not blood work, I guess, but hormone panel, saliva and urine, you have to be cool with those things. Um, but to kind of round off the episode, like how can I age well? Like, what can I be doing now at a young age? This is kind of just like CMOS Girlies Bible. I feel like you guys already kind of do this, um, but here's some points that could be interesting. The first one, diet. So what you're eating is going to determine a lot in terms of your risk of developing different diseases. Eating a well-rounded diet, I'm going to leave it pretty vague because if you think about the blue zones and if you you know listen to that podcast episode or read the book, all of the communities are across the globe eating very different diets. They're eating at very different times in the day. They're eating very different foods, different portions. But the biggest thing is that they are eating like in community most of the time. So maybe this is a sign for the CMOS girlies to have less um, sad like dessert potatoes alone. Dessert potatoes are good, but less meals alone and like try to go get dinner with a friend or 
have a group dinner or something like that because eating in community I think is very anxiety inducing if you've had any sort of like past with an eating disorder but I think once you're able to like really you know work on that I think it'll improve your life quality a lot so that's going to be in for the girlies for 2024 the next category is lifestyle so I already mentioned a little bit about how like poor diet can sort of impact your chances of developing things like heart disease stroke and type 2 diabetes but when your body lacks like different vitamins and nutrients and minerals that's going to impact your immunity it's going to make you more vulnerable to stress inflammation so as we talked about supplements, I'm not going to tell you like what supplements to take, but if you do have any gaps in your diet, like looking into some good high quality supplements could be something from a preventative angle that is really good for you. The next one is sleep. Um, you know, get your seven to eight to nine hours, get that sleepy time tea going, get the magnesium going. Um, when it comes to optimizing your lifestyle, sleep is going to impact your genes um, because it is this like repairing of tissues. So kind of think about like whatever you do throughout the day, whether that's you went to Pilates and it was really hard, or you had some sort of emotional thing happen in your life. When we go to sleep, your body is cleaning up this um, kind of shit that happens throughout the day, I should say. And so if you don't get adequate sleep, your body's going to be constantly under this like stressful environment. And so sleep de deprivation is actually associated with decreased DNA repair capabilities and more breaks in your DNA. And so that's why it can relate to like your genetics and then kind of create like disease in the body. And sleep deprivation has a huge, huge linkage to like very serious diseases like Alzheimer's, like different neurodegenerative diseases. So something to take very seriously. Sleep apnea is a huge, huge silent killer as well. So that's something to like pay attention to. Um, the next category, which the girlies, I feel like are all all in on i don't have to say more but physical activity and movement um living a very sedentary lifestyle has a very direct impact on not only your like metabolic health but you're just you know if you're going to develop certain diseases um like all chronic diseases are linked to like your lifestyle choices right and so i think it's really difficult to optim or like give you guys like a a roadmap i suppose on like optimizing movement because like i don't know if you like work a desk job i don't really know if you live in a walkable city um but finding movement that i think will stick in your routine is going to be the most important um and I, another point to add up is that like muscle mass as you age we've talked about this a lot specifically for women's health if you're not doing any sort of weight-bearing activities resistance training this is something that's going to catch up to you as you get older a lot of women have hip injuries late in life um or if you do not have like strong healthy bones and let's say you unfortunately have a fall a lot of times if you don't have adequate like muscles and like bone density and such like that can lead to really devastating consequences so though you might be stuck in this like i don't want to get bulky i don't want to lift weights whatever it's going to make your future life better so just like bite the bullet start lifting do some sort of resistance training a few times a week um because muscle mass and bone density are really like critical as you age um and i think another point too like about exercise it doesn't have to be this super intense thing like you don't need to go to a, a spin class for 45 minutes but just going on little 10 minute walks um spreading out your exercise over the week so it's less intimidating i think actually is really smart like when i first got into running i didn't run that far i would run let's say two miles kind of run and walk as a combo but i would do it a lot throughout the week and then it became a habit and a routine that i like had in my like system i suppose um so i would look into like ways that you can incorporate movement like outside of just I'm going to go like to a workout class. Like maybe I'm going to just take the stairs or do something, do some stretching or something like that. 
Um, and then the last one, which we've mentioned like in the intro and such is like stress management and social connection. Um, stress can make you very sick. Chronic stress seems to worsen um, your risk of developing things like obesity, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, et cetera. And so this genetic predisposition to have certain diseases, like stress is only something that's going to make it worse. So if you do have, let's say like you do have a risk of developing heart disease in your family, and then on top of that, you are extremely stressed, like that's not going to help your uh, risk factor of developing that. So stress is something to take into consideration. Having community, having social connections are really important. But another thing that I want to emphasize is like the outro, I suppose, of the podcast is that like you can still do everything right and still develop certain diseases and still develop certain illnesses. This, we're not in this society where it's like, oh, like this happened to you because you didn't make a good choice. I feel like individualism and like neoliberalism really bleed into the healthcare system where people think like, okay, well, I didn't work out enough. So that's why I have this illness or I didn't push myself enough at the gym. So that's why I, my body looks this way. Certain things are just going to happen. Like the way that fat is distributed on your body the reason that you get certain diseases, like there's a, there's a luck of the draw sometimes and it fucking sucks. Right. Especially if you do feel like you prioritize your health and then you have, let's say a chronic illness, or you do have some sensitivity to certain foods. It can be so frustrating when you feel like the advice that you get on the internet is like making you feel like you're not doing enough. Um, so take this whole episode with a grain of salt. Like, yes, you can do a lot to impact your future health outcomes, but also at the same time, like you can't, you can't like, solve certain diseases and prevent certain diseases from happening so yeah take it with a grain of salt take it with a grain of salt i also think like that kind of mindset can definitely lead you down a path of orthorexia which no one wants to be in like kate mentioned in the intro it's so liberating when you aren't in that state and you kind of live freely so yes take care of yourself but also like have fun and like kate said there's only so much that you can control yes it's great that you can control some stuff but it is life and some things just happen for unexplained reasons and that's just kind of the game that's how it goes girlies um but i hope you all enjoyed it um i'm also curious as we're doing this episode of like what our median age is because whenever i record i'm always thinking of like who's listening to this um so maybe send us a cheeky dm or something how old you are are you in college are you out of college are you in your 30s all things are welcome but i'm just kind of kind of curious about that one um but how's your night doing after this dog you got anything exciting on the schedule um nothing exciting i'm gonna finish up some work and make some hard-boiled eggs for breakfast tomorrow um so not very sexy stuff over here uh definitely just excited to lay in bed and be horizontal yes yeah it was like vertical what standing in bed (laughs) i don't know why Um, that took me a second but horizontal yes that is the position i want to be in yeah that is a-okay um i'm debating which sleepy girl mocktail variant i've been making like weird beverages before bed um you know magnesium tart cherry juice sometimes cbd sometimes thc i also have what's the other fucked up thing i got there was another weird like sleepy girl ingredient i have in my pantry so i'm gonna go get in the witch's lab over there and brew up a little a little cocktail for myself i suppose love that for you i'm sure plenty of cmos girlies will be doing the same um if you guys like the pod you know how to know where we like are. and you know leave a nice review even though we don't read those anymore yeah, we don't read those. share it on your share it on your instagram stories spread the spread the word spread the cmos girlies bible uh you know leave a nice comment on the meme page we will always appreciate that always appreciate it we love to chat with you girlies send us a cheeky dm we're always there who knows how fast we will reply but 
we're in our dm so don't worry about it um but thanks for listening we hope you have a blessed lovely healthy tuesday and we will talk to you next week